With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Schlereth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans. Scott the Hub producing the show. I uh, want to thank our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your uh, exercise and fitness needs. Check them out, Sweet Sweat. I just got a whole package of vitamins and pre-workout and post-workout and all kinds of stuff, Mike. Um, I am the picture of health right now. You are. You're glowing. Yeah, I am you're glowing. glowing. You're right. Uh, it's It's got to be the... Uh, the fish oil supplements. Yeah, yep. yeah, glowing, they, clean poops, the whole thing. Oh my gosh, just uh, just <laughs> lubricated, well lubricated. So it's all working out well. Good, check good. them out. Check them out at SweetSweat.com. Also, uh, the great folks over at Superbook for America's best bet. Check them out, Superbook. Um, all right, Mike, what do you think? Heading into Week Four now. There's some some in- intriguing matchups right off the bat. But I guess before we talk about the games that are going to be played, we got to. Discuss the one that's not going to be played with the the Titans yeah. and Steelers. The uh, the hope was with a, a rash of COVID tests that it would get pushed back to Monday or Tuesday. Now it's been uh, postponed indefinitely, and we're going to look at you know teams moving around their schedules and bye weeks to try to make it happen. Or is, is the NFL doing the right thing? Do you think it's Do you think it's a case of they're truly worried about the you know the, the science of this, right? Or is it more about the optics yeah, of yeah. this. Can you uh, hold that thought for a second? Um, you know, we just talked about how great and physical I am and, you know, the whole system being well lubricated. Um, I got to take a poop break. I'll be right back. Seriously? That's real, America. That's, uh, he left. He'll be back, but with stink, when nature calls, man, there's no stopping him. Oh, well, look who's back. Feeling better? Uh, yeah. You know, Mike, here's what I know about me. The one, I drink a lot of coffee, as you know, a ton of coffee. Here's two. Um, I have what you might refer to as a stupid sphincter. It has a real tough time differentiating between liquid, solid, and gas. And so, like, I had a bit of an emergency there, and I had to take care of business. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel much better. You know what amazes me about you, and I've, I've, I've paid you the I paid you the highest compliment I can I could possibly pay anybody because your ability to handle these emergencies, mm-hmm. and no matter where you are. And still find a way to yeah. avert disaster. I've dubbed you the Jason Bourne of emergency pooping. Yeah, I'm the Jason Bourne of shit in your pants. I uh, <laughs> like. I happen to know, like, no, it's like this this sixth sense I have. Uh huh. I know where a bathroom is at all times. Like, I literally can be driving down the freeway and go, ah, 
I think there's a coffee shop over here. Boom, and I just turn in, and yep. there it is. There it is. It's like they. It's just like an so, oasis. It yeah. just appears. I'm like Norm from Cheers. Stank, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> grab me a cup of coffee. I'm just gonna use the restroom really quick, you know, and I act really cool, and then I just go in there and. Like, I am stripping down as fast as I can. You know, some some people out there listening right now probably be like, this is grouse. But you know what? I probably believe about 80% of you are like, yes, yes, well yeah. done. I've yes. been there. I've ha- been there. Yeah, have you respect Any for kind it. of advice you have for me. Right. Have respect <laughs> for it. I, you know, it, it's interesting, Mike. Back on the COVID and back on the Tennessee. Yeah. They, so they're postponing that game. They're going to move some bye weeks around. They're going to move that to week seven, I believe, is where that game's going to come in. And it's just really interesting to me because we knew – that there were going to be some failed tests, right? We knew that this was, it's not in a bubble. And the bottom line is, you know, they'll go through the contact tracing, they'll do it, they'll try to figure out exactly what happened. And, you know, there's part of me that hopes that maybe they found something and said, hey, man, th- this one guy did whatever, and, you know, and shame on you. And, and it'll be a sign to everybody that we have to be vigilant. You have to be, I mean, you have to be on your P's and Q's, so to speak. But the bottom line is, what if they don't find anything out? What if you went home and, you know, your wife went to the gym or your wife or significant other went to or your kids are going to school and somebody brought something home and and like you just don't know. I mean, it's that way, but at least there's a contingency plan. They're falling back on that contingency plan and it's probably going to happen somewhere else along the line, don't you think? Well, I think what they're doing makes sense. Look, they had the benefit of sitting back and watching baseball, hockey um, and and, uh, these other sports launch mm-hmm. um b- before they they did so they right. had a chance to sit back and watch and see how these other sports did so that whole time they were putting together protocols they were putting together guidelines so they did all this work to put together a game plan so should it surprise anybody that when something like this happens that they probably err on the side of being really conservative and really careful right it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. And just remember that when the Marlins had 18 people within their facility, right, players and, and coaching and, and other, you know, whatever they were, trainers, whatever, that w- that went down with COVID, you know, all the – there were a lot of the chicken little media ties. Were like, Cancel the season. It's over. There's zero percent chance we get to the playoffs, right? Well, guess what? Every team played 60 games. Now, it's a little bit easier in baseball because you can have the seven-inning doubleheaders and things, but every team played 60 games, and they're in the midst of the playoffs right now. And they didn't operate in a bubble. So I, I think there's a lot of hope for me that some of these some of these incidents, we saw it with the Raiders, and the Raiders you know, got a strongly worded letter. They had a charity event, and a bunch of guys showed up to this charity event and apparently weren't in masks and everything else. And, and you know, hopefully it's one of those learning curves. I, I can't tell you how many times I've stepped out of my car, Mike, and I'm pretty vigilant about mm-hmm. if I'm in public, I'm going to have a mask on. I, I I just am trying to take care of not only myself and my health, but I'm trying to take care of everybody else. And how many times I've stepped out of my car and taken like 12 steps to walk into the grocery store to pick up something and been like, shoot, and turn around and go back to my car to grab my mask and then put my mask and then go in. But that's the world we live in right now. And hopefully this is a wake up call for all 32 teams that, hey, guys, the only way we're going to get through this season is if we're all, you know, following the protocols. And you can tell the NFL is very serious about it because they've also sent out memos to all the teams saying that if, if you don't, then you're you're going to face suspensions or even right. docked draft picks. So I, I think there's a couple things. A couple They look around at the other sports. Hockey pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Basketball's pulling it off. Right. 
baseball looks like they're going to pull it off. I think football's looking and go, hey, we we you know we can't drop the ball. Plus, we have all the TV yeah. contracts that we got to cash in on. So I think that's why you're seeing an abundance of uh, of, of caution. Uh, hey, let's get to some of these games. Um, what do you what do you make of the Saints? One and two, right? One if, like the Saints surprise me that they're one and two. I guess it goes to show you how reliant they are, especially in third downs and critical situations on Michael Thomas. And all of a sudden, they don't have that aspect, and they're having a tough time. Like, they're moving the ball up and down the field, and Alvin Kamara's a great player, you know, and all that stuff. But it's that go-to guy in critical red zone situations. And, you know, you get into the red zone, and it's not just how many times that guy gets targeted. You get in a three-by-one formation, you know, and he's the third receiver in or the second receiver in, and he's the guy, you know, they'll play they'll play a coverage they call a lot, they call two stars. And so they'll double-team, like they'll double-team, for instance, they may double-team Kamara out of the backfield and double-team Michael Thomas, and everybody else gets single coverage. And that's a, a prominent thing they do in the red zone. They'll play man across the board on certain guys, and other guys will get double-teams, right? So all of a sudden... You don't have that guy that you're fearful of that you have to double team. So even if you double team somebody else, you know, then then the odds are you're gonna you're gonna be okay in there. So I think they're really struggling to find where we're gonna get that production from. But more importantly than the production, they're really struggling in critical situations. How do we make up for that loss? And now hopefully he's back this week for them. Um, but I think that's my takeaway with the Saints. At the end of the day, they're gonna be fine. And, you know, they're going to be a playoff team, and they'll figure that out when he gets healthy. But um, in the meantime, they've done a, uh, they've had a tough time kind of where are we going to get that predict- production in critical situations. You know, from. another team that's kind of su- uh, surprising expectations but a different way are the Packers. You know, we're not that far removed from, you know, a year ago, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur aren't seeing eye to mm-hmm. eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, the dynasty that never was. Then dra- Jordan Love gets drafted. Right. You know, Oh, the clock's ticking now on Aaron Rodgers' Packers future. Where's he going to finish his career? You know, And now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're rolling. Yeah. They look terrific. And they didn't even have Devontae Adams last week, and right. they beat, and they beat uh, New Orleans. So, you know, I mean, they are like one Aaron Rodgers – it's interesting, you know, he did this, he did this, I don't know what it was in, but he mentioned, and basically threw Danica Patrick under the bus. Like, he he basically said, you know, it's nice to kind of have my life back and to be able to focus on, you know, on the things that are really important and really be able to focus back on football. And and I think he's, I think he did a deep dive this offseason into self-scouting and self-study and got himself back to kind of, what I was doing when I was at my best. And a lot of that is because, you know, people, when you have a family or you have, you know, a girlfriend that wants a, or whatever, whatever it is, I don't want to bag on a girlfriend, right? Because then I'll get a bunch of phone calls. But when something takes Jeez, away. I thought you were going to go full Mickey from Rocky. They yeah. wake in the legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Rock. Um. Get rid of the dame. Hey, hey, Mickey, I like the girl. What am I supposed to do? You know, uh, but yeah, I don't like he basically said, you know, in a, uh, like what he said, what he meant. He basically said, Dan- Danica Patrick ruined my life. Uh, <laughs> essentially is what he was saying. I mean, I did not exactly in those she's words. She's killing my football career. Yeah, she's killing my football career. But he has taken that seriously. I think he's also opened up to 
you know, the coaching and, and what they're trying to do as an offense as opposed to saying, hey, here's what I don't like. I don't like that. Saying, here's what I like, and let's let's lean on this stuff. And he has been absolutely exceptional, man, just exceptional. He's fun to watch. He made, he made some throws in that game against New Orleans, Mike, that just were like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. You are one of the best that's ever played. Um, so I, I thought that was I thought that was intriguing. Does it annoy you at all? Because I'm going to be completely honest, and it's probably going to piss off Cowboy fans out there. But you know, you got so many teams around this league that 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 have to be that have to be held accountable that that face you know important games mm-hmm. right from the start. You know, and right. and there's a there's a demand that you, you you play and play well. But look at the look at the Cowboys, a team that's done nothing for 20 years. And they get off to a slow start, but there's no penalty for it because they play in the weakest division in the league with the understanding that they can struggle early, but they're still going to be able to figure it out. And even if they only go 9-7, and seven, they'll still win their division. Right. Well, that's the, hey, them's the break. Yeah, well, okay. And, and you know what? The league is happy about it. The league is happy that the Giants are awful, the Redskins are awful right now. Oh, excuse me, the Washington football team is awful. The uh, Eagles are, are awful. Um, so uh, they're happy that the Cowboys will most likely by default will yeah. win that division. So they're, they're really happy and we'll see if, you know, they've got a week five game schedule coming up. They start off with Cleveland. They they don't have a lot of really good teams. That they're going to play here in the next five weeks. They should go five and oh, and then they'll be the talk of the town and everybody will, you know, we'll toast them and everybody will be excited about it. And, uh, and hopefully they do. I hope they do go five and oh, because Hey, like, like I always say about the Raiders, it's the Cowboys too. The league's a better place when they're like when the lights on them, when they're playing well. And who, it's just the way it is. Who, who, which, which group of TV suits have the biggest uh, orgasm when the when the ESPN and the ABC with the Lakers or Fox and NBC with the the Cowboys? Oh, the cow, the Cowboys. I mean, it's it's the the Lakers. Hey, regardless of how much how much Laker love you get, that that what, what are they going to draw four? You know, I mean, from a rating standpoint, I don't even know what they're getting in the bubble, but it's not its not very good, comparatively speaking. I mean, when the Cowboys are good and they play on Sunday night, it'll be the biggest rating. In, like, it's just a ratings bonanza, it man. Is. It is a ratings God's bonanza. Annoying. Chiefs are a ratings bonanza. Too early to start talking about 16-0? and They're going to be favored in every game they play the rest of the way. I tell you what, the what they did to Baltimore. That was criminal. I mean, it was un- unbelievable. And when they finally let up and eased up, Eric Bieniemy's up and down the sideline just ripping ass. <laughs> just ripping ass. Like, what the hell? Wait, you know, that's the that's Eric Bieniemy. So they're they're super talented, man. They are super talented. Um, even off that team, what do they bring back? 20 of 22 starters or something like that, something crazy. And they upgraded their offensive line. Um, maybe it wasn't twenty. Maybe it's eighteen to twenty-two. Whatever it is, they, they got a bunch of starters no, back. They twenty-one to twenty-two. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But they've added like Kalecio Semele, who was an All-Pro guard, one of the best in football, and then he went to the Raiders and kind of disappeared for a while and had some injury issues, and now he's back playing really well. I, they're they are outstanding. Yeah, you're right. They'll be favored in every. I I believe they'll probably drop one. Yeah, I get complacent. Get, yeah, get fat. Get Andy lazy. Ray. Andy Reid will screw up some clock management timeouts or some crap, you know, and, and they'll drop one. But bottom line is, man, so, they, they but, look good. But think about week to week. In two weeks, you could basically send a message. 
that the AFC is just the Chiefs. If they beat the Ravens and the Patriots back to back, or am I leaving the Bills out? I guess I, yeah, I, the Bills, maybe the, it's habit. I just I, put I, New England ahead of the Bills. Right. I think you got to be careful about Bills Mafia because they will come after. They you. will. They will come, and yeah. they're really good. And I'm telling you, I was impressed with Josh Allen, um, especially in critical situations last week against the Rams. Um, just in critical situations, he was outstanding. He converted a third down and twenty-two. Um, you know, got a fourth down and eight pi call. Um, and ended up winning that game in the very last seconds in a two-minute drive where, like I said, in critical situations, he was great. Uh, hey, I will say this. I, I've got the Rams-Giants this weekend. Uh, and I will say this. I am so thankful that Sean uh, McVay learned how to coach football again. Yeah. Congratulations, Sean. Um, he was a genius two years ago. Then he right. just became an idiot last year. Right. Last year, you know, the league caught up to Sean McVay. Sure, it sure. Was, it, was, uh, it was disastrous. Okay, what does all this sarcasm mean? Well, the sarcasm mean, hey, dumbasses. Um, he didn't forget how to coach football. He lost his he lost his starting center and his starting left guard. And here's the thing that's fascinating about them because I've deep I've just a big deep dive into their offense, Mike. Here's what I've decided: they are the illusion of spread. They are an eleven personnel, three wide receivers, tight end, and running back. Probably ninety eight percent of the time. And they are a condensed formation, smash mouth freaking football team. Cram it down your damn throat. What are you going to do about it? And it's beautiful. They moved their right guard over to center. They beefed up the center position. They got two new guards. They're dominating the line of scrimmage. And, And I am telling you, they have got, you know, when you talk about receiving cores, they never get mentioned. Because they're not, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, and Landry. Ooh, look how fancy. Watch me catch it one-handed pregame. Woohoo! The most exciting thing they do is pregame shit. Like, I don't care about your pregame one-handed catches. Let me see what you're doing in the regular season. They have got the toughest, most complete wide receiving core in football. Those dudes are freaking, they're not wide receivers. They're damn football players. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods were both voted team captains. They're the actuator. They set the tone. It's unbelievable. They are a they are the illusion of spread. They're a smash mouth football team disguised as a spread football team, and everybody falls victim to it, and they just cram it down your damn throat. They're a damn good football team. And thank goodness Sean McVay uh, <clears throat> remembered again this year how to coach football. Man, dude, you watching Ram film this week must have been like for everybody else watching porn. Yeah, it was to put a tie on the doorknob. <laughs> Baby, don't come in here. I'm watching the Rams again. I mean, that's it was. And I and I will tell you this, the Giants. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah, they, I we had we always talked to Joel Klatt. Love Joel yeah. Klatt. Fox and Sports. I will and I'll steal this from Joel Klatt because it's such a it's a it's such a good term. Uh Daniel Jones does not play above the X's and O's. And they're off. Like, you're going to see the juxtaposition of two offenses. You're going to see both offenses like to be an 11. You're going to see one that's completely static. We'll line up in trips. Let's, hey, let's line up in doubles. And then we'll motion the tight end over to the other side and be in trips. That'll get them. <laughs> And you're like, okay, we just changed our strength. Meanwhile, the Rams are 
freaking jet motioning, motion, you know, shifting one guy from one place to another place, then motioning across the formations, lining that guy up, then having another motion with a back. I mean, it's just all like you are switching strengths and switching calls and switching players, and all of a sudden they snap the ball and you're on your heels. It's complete. I mean, it, it is the juxtaposition of neither of these quarterbacks. By the way, Jared Goff can't play above the X's and O's either. But their coach is so good at creating mismatches, whether it's against coverage, whether it's against a, a personnel, it doesn't matter. Whereas the Giants just line up and we're going to run. You know what we're going to run? We're going to run a snag concept on the three-man side. So the middle guy, you run the hook. The inside guy, you run the flat. And the outside guy, number one, you run a curl. And we're going to go high-low with a curl and the hook. Yeah, like that's been run every day for the last hundred years. It, I, I'm telling you, um, you know, I... Again, I I'm calling this game, so I don't want to talk about uh, what I think. Wait, what I just did. Yeah, yeah. The Rams are going to kick their ass. All right. Well, we'll see that, if you. Uh, well, all feel. right. Well, let's see if you feel that way so much that you'll make it as uh, one of your money making picks. Well, you can't do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. I, can't I mean, do that. it's one thing to say that you think the Rams are going to win big. You then can't. I can't. Yeah. You know, I actually can't. pick them. Yeah. You got to have now, a little bit. Of, we don't wager. You got to have this. a little bit of neutrality, right? We don't actually wager here. This is yeah. just for bragging rights, which I right now you have. I can't be in the booth going score, damn it, score. <laughs> that would be that would be wrong. That'd be wrong. But we do have Jay Cornegay here. All right, Mike. It's always fun to kick your ass, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, Jay Cornegay joining us from SuperBook, America's best bet. Jay, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys. Good morning to you. How are you? Oh, man, we're doing great. It's great to be the king. It's great to be winning, and I am uh, absolutely crushing these picks. I'm 5-4-1 and one through nine games. No, you're 5-4. and four. Oh, yeah, 5-4. and four. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. I'm not one. <laughs> I don't tie. I'm 5-4. and four. <laughs> Mike Evans, meanwhile, yeah. is 3-5-1. Yeah. and one. God. Just, yeah, I mean. I got to get, get Mike a Superbook account. Yeah, I mean, this may be. Oh, yeah. So you guys can make a lot of money off yeah. him. Good, so, good yeah, idea, great. Jay. Hey, that I love next, that. hey, that next shiny building you guys build. Uh, put my name on it, yeah, will you, please? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So anyhow, that's kind of how it's going. Hey, are you excited for this? I know you're a huge Broncos fan. You got to be excited for the. Uh, is it the Trevor Lawrence Bowl? I mean, how are you guys? Uh, how are you guys selling this game on Thursday night? Well, you know how we're going through the baseball par- uh, playoffs right now, and it's like the first round. So. You know, they, they got the wild card playoffs going on. I think this is the first round for the Trevor Lawrence elimination round. So I think that, you know, there's going to be a few others later on this year. So, yeah, this is a first round Trevor Lawrence elimination game. And to be honest, you know, we don't expect too much from the Broncos. So I'm kind of hoping that they can put their name in the hat at the end of the year because getting Trevor Lawrence would change everything in Denver. So I'm kind of thinking I'm rooting for the Jets tonight. Wow, as a wow. Bronco fan, rooting for the Jets. Hey, when you guys handicap the worst teams in football, where do the Broncos rank between the Jets, the Broncos, and the Giants? Because those are probably the three, just the three most awful teams in football. Oh, I yeah, I don't think they're at the level of the definitely the Jets and the Giants. I mean, they're just pathetic right now. That that uh, you know the NFC uh, East is also horrendous. Uh, with you know you're looking at uh, the football team, they got some struggles. Uh, you know we mentioned the Giants and of course the Jets. I don't think the Broncos are at that level, and that's why I don't think that they're probably going to end up getting you know that low or in contention for the number one pick because those teams are just terrible, and they'll they'll be the ones at the end of the year battling out for Trevor Lawrence. 
All right. Uh, I need to bounce back. So uh, I, I'm almost, since I get the first choice, I'm almost <laughs> ready, Jay, to just say, Jay, pick three games for me. Will you? <laughs> just, but I'm not there yet. Okay. I, I've not reached that the depths of despair. So I actually still have three games. I'll uh, I'll toss them out. I'll let you say yay or nay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the Saints. They've dropped two in a row. And they're, they're a much better football team than this. I, I think they get right against a Detroit team that is just so inconsistent. Uh, the Saints minus four over Detroit. I'll take that. Uh, the, the Cowboys, even though they have the, the built-in uh, support that is a lousy division, at some point they got to put together a 60-minute football game. I think they do it this week, minus four and a half over the Browns. And uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Over the Chargers, minus seven on the assumption, again, that Justin Herbert gets to start. We had a chance to watch that Tampa Bay defense here uh, a week ago. They look they look real salty. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks minus seven. Wow. If that happens, uh, Mike, I can tell you that the books would lose on every single one of those games <laughs> because the books are definitely going to need the Lions. They're definitely going to need the Browns, and they're going to need the Chargers. So, I mean, the Saints, you know, they've really struggled without Thomas, and, and Breeze has struggled without Thomas. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's on track to play. I think we should keep an eye on that. But, uh, you know, he hasn't played since week one, and they just haven't been themselves. I agree with you. I, I know they're a lot better than, than the record. But the Lions, you could say the same thing about them. I mean, they could have easily beat Chicago in, in week one. You know, Swift dropped that ball. They could be two and one. That was a great win against the Cardinals. Um, but I don't trust the Lions. I think the Saints are underrated, and this is a big game for them. Uh, Cowboys, uh, this is probably going to be one of the more lopsided games in the book, as everybody will be on the Cowboys. They're kind of throwing the Browns under the bus here, and I get it, but the, you know, I don't really trust the, the Cowboys' D, but the Browns definitely took advantage over their week's schedule over the last two weeks as they played the football team and the Bengals. I, I, I'm not sure what to think of the Browns right now, but I agree with you. I like the Cowboys there. Uh, Buccaneers uh, Buccaneers and Chargers. All right. Well, it's tough to judge the Buccaneers. I mean, they you can almost throw out the Bronco game because that wasn't your Bronco team. We were just full of injuries, and they kind of ran over them. Really tough to judge the Buccaneers. But I can tell you the books are definitely going to need the Chargers. This is another one of the games where almost like eight out of ten tickets will be on the Buccaneers. Um, but – I got to say, well, the Chargers are probably, I mean, they're a very talented team. I think they're under the radar. I think that was a letdown spot last week after a, a close loss to the uh, Chiefs the week before. I think the Chargers bounce back and make this a close game. Hey, look, listen, Jay, I, I, I certainly am not rooting for you guys to have a rough week, but I think America would <laughs> applaud me if, uh, if my picks end up coming up right. So, America... <laughs> In advance, you're welcome. Right. Uh, oh and, yeah, and the, definitely with you, Mike. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And by the way, and, and the Chargers, like half their defense is injured. I mean, they've they've got all kinds of injuries on their defense, and and like you said, Mike, the Buccaneers de- defensively. At the end of the day, until the Buccaneers figure out what they are offensively, and that's going to take time. It's going to take time for them to kind of get that rhythm to have that that. You know that nonverbal communication that really shows up on the offensive side. This defense is good enough to carry this football team for the first six, seven weeks of the season. That's how good they are. All right, uh, here's the, the the correct picks. All right, and I've got a theme this week, Jay. I've got a theme this week that um, it's too easy. It's like stealing is my theme, and therefore I went with I found the biggest underdogs 
All right, the biggest, uh, the biggest, like the the biggest spreads. That they're not underdogs. They're the biggest favorites, I suppose. Is is what? So I'm going against the big fa. I'm going with the big favorites. I'm just like they're going to handle business regardless of how big the spread is. So first off, the Ravens bounce back game. They got embarrassed on Monday Night Football. They're going to bounce back. They're going to find their rhythm again. They're going to run the snot out of the ball. They're going to eliminate Washington to about seven possessions, and they're going to hang forty on them. Hang 40 on their ass. This is going to be a, a 40 to 13 game. Ravens giving up 13. I love it. I'll take it all day long. And then the Chiefs, minus seven at home. Come on. The Patriots are coming into town. And I understand it's Bill Belichick. And I understand that it's the Patriots. But the Chiefs are toying with opponents, opponents right now. Their left tackles are scoring touchdowns, for crying out loud. I like the Chiefs to cover that spread. And then the 49ers, as my buddy Damian Woody called them on ESPN, the 29ers, because they're so injured, they're playing an Eagles team that can't protect the quarterback. Carson Wentz has fallen off the map. The uh, 49ers go home. They give up seven. I like the 49ers to cover that spread as well. What say you, Jay? Well, sheesh. I mean, if 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 you guys go six and zero, oh, I can tell you how dark it is going to be in the sports book on Sunday night and Monday. I mean, you guys pick all favorites. We here. did go and, all favorites. <laughs> oh oh my gosh! I was like, that's just a nightmare scenario right now. But I I, I tell you what, the Ravens. You're, you're exactly right. I don't want to overreact. You know to the Ravens and Chiefs uh, uh, on what happened on Monday night. But I, I do believe there's nothing to like with this football team. I mean, their defense is now all banged up. You know, Chase Young, they're, they're a great defensive end. Uh, you know, he might be out for Washington. They got other uh, members of the defense out. But, you know, the Ravens, I, I don't think they could have looked worse than they did on Monday night. I think they're going to have a little red tail going into that game. And I do believe they will roll the football team. The Chiefs, uh, I don't like to lay points against Belichick. You know, I mean, the Pats are pretty impressive. They could easily be 3-0. and And, you know, teams coming off those great performances either on Sunday night or Monday night, whoever they are, it's very tough for me to like a team coming off a great performance like that. And here you are laying points against Belichick. Uh, I think the Patriots would keep this really close. Uh, Niners and Eagles. Uh, you know, Niners are getting a couple of players back. You know, I don't think Garoppolo, Garoppolo comes back, but I don't think there's a huge difference between Mullins and Garoppolo. They might get Debo back. It looks like they're going to get Kittle back. I mean, everybody writing off the Eagles, I can understand that. Uh, so I'm going to go with you here with the 49ers minus seven as they roll a, a team that's really struggling. Uh, and uh at least a couple of dogs here, guys. A couple of dogs. That's all we ask every <laughs> Sunday. So I hope you guys both go at least two and one. Um, for the book's sake, if you guys go one and two, they're going to have a really good day. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jeb, curious, uh, real quick. Uh, we, we talked about conversation about Trevor Lawrence, uh, coaches on the hot seat, the, the Chiefs. Are you guys yet at the point doing some maybe uh, fun prop bets, whether it be first coach to get fired who who ends up winning the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, or can the Chiefs go sixteen and zero? Are you are you doing stuff like that yet? Will you be? Yeah, we usually wait for uh, you know until we get into the season a little deeper, and then we'll start looking at that. Um, you know, some in, in in Nevada, you know, we can't post propositions that don't take place on the field of play. So like a firing, or you know who you know, uh, where a, a particular player is going to be traded to, those types of things are not allowed in, in Nevada. We're going to have to check out in Colorado and see, you know, if those 
type of propositions are allowed. I believe they are. So if they are, we definitely will post those in the Superbook. All right, Jay, man. We appreciate the knowledge, buddy. Uh, Always good to be with you. That's Jay Cornegay, Superbook, America's Best Bet. Hey, brother, we'll talk to you next week. And, uh, again, I'll be, uh, you know, crushing Mike. Uh, I, I think the lead is almost insurmountable now. I mean, insurmountable. Yeah. It's pretty well, close. take it easy on Mike. I mean, come on. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah come on. exactly. Yeah, take it easy. Uh, all right, Jay. Jay. Take care, buddy. Later. All right, for everybody involved in the Sink Truth Podcast, for Mike, for Scott, myself, thanks to Sweet Sweat at SweetSweat.com, also Superbook America's Best Bet. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back with you next week.